1: Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming back to us. Um, Today, Susan, let's see, she's on her way to Yakima, Washington, uh, to go put on a couple classes up there in the great state of Washington. And Joelle is entertaining family uh, from out of town. So you're stuck with me today. Um, But we, we should have a good time. We're going to have a guest on here. A um, little bit different than we don't have too many chaplains on our program, um, but this one is a little bit different. He's got uh, some good background, and I think you'll be surprised. So, without further ado, uh, welcome, Pastor Mike Gole. How are you doing today?
0: excellent Tom thank you for having me
1: <laughs> my pleasure um so let's let's see let's I know that you're a, a chaplain for the Air Force and, and you're in the reserves um, and you also work for behold Israel I will let you explain both of those and how you got connected with both of those
0: yeah first off I'll say that uh Uh, Behold Israel, I've been with them for about five years. Uh, The president and founder is Amir Zelfati, and he's very well known for his news reporting on Telegram and YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, there's other platforms as well. But we are brother-in-laws, and I was a pastor for 17 years, and uh, they took me in five years ago, and I was the director of operations and now VP of operations, and I love it. It is a ministry that is uh, blossoming, and a lot of the nature of what's going on in the Middle East with the war has really pushed us into, uh, into the news realm sure. because of the, yeah, let's just say the awareness that we have of what's going on there, both within the United States government, Israeli government, European governments, and so on. Right. And, uh, you know, as far as the chaplaincy is concerned, that, I've just cleared 13 years of doing that, reserves, federal reserves, not National Guard. Um, And that is also a component that is complementary to what I'm doing, Uh, the training, the awareness of what I'm exposed to within that realm. Uh, It is just truly a God-constructed package (laughs) for me that I could not have dreamt up on my best day.
1: That's great. Now, you said 13 years uh, as a chaplain. Um, Were you a pastor before that? someplace, or how how did that start?
0: Yeah, I was a pastor from 2003 to 2019. I joined the reserves in 2010. At 41 years old, I needed a waiver, (laughs) and uh, I was called to it, and they didn't want me at first, and uh, I had to jump through some hoops, but then they smiled and said, come on and join us. And nobody's really looked back since, and it's been an amazing journey getting to know service members, seeing how the political climate has changed and how it has impacted the military culture, Uh, watching different operations uh, throughout the globe over my time span. It's been a true honor and privilege, mostly to serve uh, my fellow airmen and even even, uh, sister forces like Marines, sailors, and soldiers. It's been a real joy. Continues to be because I'm still in. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know I've never I've never met anyone before that at 41 they join the military that that yeah. is a little bit different I was it's 18 great. when I joined the military you know most people tend to do that when they're young and um, not get into it in middle of their lives but that's great
0: yeah they they think I'm crazy. They don't understand it, especially uh, some of the uh, leather-necked, you know, tech sergeants and hire, you right. know, uh, they, they don't get it. But it's about love for my country and my fellow airmen. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's great. And you get to, you know, do some pretty fun stuff, I'm sure.
0: Oh, hilariously fun stuff. <laughs> some sobering, ser- uh, you know, serious stuff. I get to meet some of the greatest leaders on the planet. I really have to say yeah. that.
1: So what do you think is the biggest change that you've seen in the military since you've been in for these 13 years?
0: Okay, for the record, I'm going to say this out of my own free will under the exercise of free (laughs) uh, speech under the First Amendment. As a chaplain, if the Public Affairs Office of any base is listening to this, I'm doing this in a civilian role right now, okay? Sure. So after that caveat, um, the social environment has been impacted over the last few years. After the riots in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and the change of, uh, let's just say, it, the introduction of more of a woke culture, right? And uh, it has it has intentions to bring people together, but the effect it's rooted in a very evil, dark place. Would actually when it actually divides people, and actually causes more division. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to see that rear its ugly head with this right. war in Israel. How a lot of institutions specifically MIT, Harvard, and Penn, refuse to condemn anti-Semitic phrases. They're they are actually to the, to the conviction that you have to wait for the action to come out. Now, right. if you applied that same rule to, let's say, racial, they would get down on your throat, you see? Exactly. So this, this kind of evil has a level of hypocrisy that is without bounds. And within the United States military, all these, quote, good intentions have in many ways taken the warrior spirit that has a very strong moral compass, Mm -hmm. that has very clear lines of combat and fighting and warfare. In many aspects, it's become an arena infected by social justice warriorism. Hmm. And that, when you start to unpack that beast, that animal, what you're going to find is reverse discrimination, Uh, sexual expression that's inappropriate, uh, mental illness, which naturally triggers more people going to med group and mental health. And that's all on the taxpayer's dime when it doesn't have to be like that. Why to take the mission of fighting force to fly, fight and win specifically of the Air Force and try to transform it into a social club that really is only found that's done properly in the church. We're all or one underneath the cross with clear moral boundaries. Right. So that's kind of the biggest change that I've seen. And honestly, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tom, and to all your listeners, I love what I do. I love our military. I love our government. I would die for my country. I'm just a guy that's watching all of this go down, and I'm deeply concerned. And I'm not the only one, Tom.
1: Oh yeah, no, we all we, well, we all should be concerned. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's that is. Uh, I could see how that would uh, you know, because it wasn't like that when I was in. I was in a long time ago, uh, back in the um, mid '80s. I was. That's when I had my time in. Um, and so obviously, things have changed a lot from from that time period. Um, you know, you know, we didn't have all that social media and, you know, there was nothing woke in this country, (laughs) you know, it's just, it, it has changed a lot. And a lot of the changes are not for the good. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but I will say what does, what does remain is generally speaking with young airmen, even there is that general love for the country. Granted, yeah. a lot of them are in it for the benefits. And sure. That's something that the whole system is set up for, right. no doubt. It's a volunteer-based force. And the general fighter spirit still exists, but you have to really push it harder now. Right. Uh, there is a sense of people folding when they have to get deployed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they come to see us as chaplains and they... They never thought that they were joining the actual military, where we actually take people out <laughs> that are evil, and that there's consequences. This isn't a college, right? This isn't a sorority club, you know. And this that just fighting force.
1: That that's concept of you're joining the military, but oh, now I have to go deploy. What am I going to do now? I can't do that. Well, what did yeah. you think you were getting into? You know, it just yeah, unbelievable. Uh, benefits health insurance <laughs> i just gotta go throw well, this uniform on every so often or or every day for four years and then i'm good yeah I don't yeah know.
0: so you you find a lot more if you were to come back and you, you spend a week with us on the base tom you would you would say wow this is this is definitely different yeah different culture
1: oh yeah that is uh, i don't know if i could handle a week on the base with the way things are now i I would might lose it on somebody. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, your 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 opinion would would be the embodiment of many <laughs> many of the uh, higher ranking uh, enlisted guys that that they've seen right. how the old works right. and how the new is actually making us weak. And I honestly, I I think the the situation also has migrated to the general leadership. You know, the the one stars and above. sure. A lot Of them go to war college, a lot of them have mm-hmm. to get certifications, a lot of them have educational training, and we all applaud that. But back in your day, uh, promotions and rank and all of that was a lot of it was more emphasizing experience, deployments, right. Success on the field, yeah. Uh, so when you get a guy like that, you get success, you know, right. sh- You know, the Schwarzkopf era, you know, <laughs> That's even right. General Petraeus, yeah, era. you know what I'm saying, exactly. Uh, now, now you got politicians equally as much as officers and they're very educated but when you have to put them in command you really have to watch and see how they conduct themselves because right. they may not have the, the, the deployments and the guys that have the deployments may not have the education and the training as much yep. that's kind of something that we're looking at right now and education does not equal leadership. It just means information in the head. Leaders exactly. are owned through the hardships of life. Right. And then the good decisions that are deployed as a result of learning.
1: And hopefully they're they're breeding leaders as they come up too, you know. Making more leaders, you know, that bring you reach down, and lift that next person up and teach them how to be a leader too.
0: We still do that. The good leaders do that. And they're very obvious yeah. who they are. And we've been fortunate on our on our base to have really good leaders. And mo- many of them have been believers in Jesus. Yeah. And that is a very big advantage because you have that moral compass and that spiritual core. Right.
1: So now my wife, she found, I don't know, I'm sure it was online somehow. She, that's how she came across Amir. Um, and this was been quite a few years ago. And we read one of his books, um, and then now we follow him on social media uh, all the time. Um, can you kind of explain a little bit about Amir and what his mission is?
0: Yeah. Amir is a, what we call sabra in Hebrew. He was born within the state of Israel in Jerusalem. Uh, he's had a hard life and a broken family and struggled a lot with uh, self-worth, even to the point of suicide and when he was going to take his life, he saw an ad on the front page of an Israeli newspaper about the Jesus film. Remember the Jesus film from the 70s? They were showing it in the theater. One thing led to the next, and he found himself believing in Jesus and committed his life to the Lord. Went into tour guiding, met a ton of people from all over the world. They loved his style. They loved Mm -hmm. his information and knowledge. And so they'd invite him to their churches. And that's really the concept of how Behold Israel got started. He wanted people to come to Israel, behold what God is doing. Behold Israel, the apple of God's eye, the, the center of prophecy. Right. And what people would find is, while there was so much more information to learn, so they'd invite him to church. And so conferences and speaking events fueled tours. Tours fueled speaking engagements. And behold, Israel became uh, a very well-sought-after source for information. When it was officially instituted in 2014, it was a news source primarily, as well as a you know Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Right. And that news source has always been there all all since its inception, and the news source primarily right now is on Telegram, and it blew up over the last two months. Uh, a few hundred, a few hundred th- new, a thousand new subscribers joined. Wow. Uh, and people within this malaise of uh, a swamp of lies and disinformation. It's refreshing for people to get a direct source with direct with direct intel, yes. non-classified that just has a low volume or no volume whatsoever on mainstream media.
1: Yeah, that's I what think. I liked about reading this stuff because I know when I read it, I'm it's directly from the source. It's right there. That's that's where he lives. That's he knows everything that's going on. He hears it, sees it, and it it, it is refreshing to actually hear exactly you know his truth that he's that he sees over there.
0: Yeah, through the speaking events and through all of the relationships that he's created worldwide, there are people on the ground in pretty much all, any country. Plus, right. he has very, very good relations with certain Israelis that are garnering information, putting it together, and he, they have given him permission to use it because of our platform. They don't right. necessarily have the platform we do. Right. We always cite our sources. Sometimes we're wrong, and we correct it immediately, and there isn't much of that. But notice how we do that. Right. It, it's a very rare occasion. We, <laughs> unlike other, you know, it's like the old days of of, of American media. Right. When there, there was a wrong statement. Remember when they used to come on and say, on such and such a date, we said this, this, exactly. and Exactly. want to uh, retract that statement. Here's what actually happened.
1: Yeah, you never hear <laughs> that anymore. That does yeah. not happen. <laughs> yeah, so. Wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. So now... You get involved with Behold Israel, uh, you, you're Amir's brother-in-law, so you married his sister. Um, no,
0: I married his uh, wife's sister. So oh, wife's wives, sister, okay. Our wives are sisters.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. And so you start in that company um, and kind of describe what your role is.
0: Yeah, originally I was there to come and run the staff, which was a small staff of 14. Right now, we just did a restructure that's been very, very healthy for us. And right now I am overseeing tours. I'm overseeing our shop. I'm overseeing the Behold Israel Connect, which is a studio and an office complex that we're building in Israel, in the Jezreel Valley, in a, in a city uh, that I used to live in. And um, I help with some of the speaking from time to time and we have weekly uh, broadcasts, including prayer meetings and public readings of Scripture. And uh, so there's ministry side to it. There's an organizational side to it. It's operations, Tom.
1: It's, okay, yeah. It's the
0: operational aspect of the whole.
1: So you keep, keep everything afloat and going. <laughs> I sure hope
0: so. I sure hope so. I sure hope I don't bring the ship down. Uh, a leader has to wake up every day and make the right decisions and, uh, you know, own it when you don't. And and have the courage to move on without letting the past destroy you.
1: That's right. Now, you know? do you um, live he- in the states and in Israel, or are you primarily here? Are you primarily living in Israel. What's that like?
0: Well, I used to live in Israel. Live there for eight years. and make regular trips to Israel, either leading a tour or meetings. Okay. So I'm there considerably, and but I do find my homestead here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Um, as, a, as our team, most of them are Americans and uh, you know, are stationed within the United States, running meetings, doing ministry, running operations. Hmm. It's far more convenient when you're in a similar time zone, not the same necessarily, but a similar time <laughs> right. zone. Israel's eight hours ahead of my time zone, and I'm in central right now. Putting together meetings often pushes you into the evening, and that's something a mirror has to tolerate. He's always in evening meetings after a hard day's work of reporting news. Any man has its limits. And so exactly. uh, this is my advantage that I bring to the puzzle okay. of this living in this country.
1: Now, when you go back over and you give tours, what, what does a tour like, look like?
0: Well, we offer many tours. Most of them are what we call Bible experience tours. And they're about seven days long, and we go to the key sites uh, that relate to a person's Christian faith.
1: Hmm.
0: However, we also teach them about the Jewish heritage, the history of how that nation came to be, especially modern Judaism, uh, or modern Israel, how the state of Israel is literally a fulfillment of God's plans and prophecy based on Ezekiel 36 and 37. And to give them the context of taking them to a site, opening up the Bible and identifying key phrases (laughs) that are identifiable within the topography and the geography (laughs) and the archaeology of the area. And that's when the aha factor goes on. Exactly. I bet. Yeah. How come I didn't know this before? <laughs> Imagine going from black and white TV in the 70s to 8K surround sound <laughs> at, you know, 200 hertz or more frame right. rates. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: in a blink of an eye, you know, I mean, <laughs> essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That would be a pretty neat tour to go on, that's for sure. I, I think I would enjoy that. Yeah, um, Tom,
0: we've also had... um we're starting to do more cruises, and we do prophecy teaching on ships while we explore different regions. And so, hmm. for example, in October, we're going to be going to the Mediterranean. And uh, we'll have our dear friend, Pastor Barry Stagner, join us. And him and Amir will be teaching through Revelation and Daniel, and we'll go to sites on a cruise ship. That's, wow. a, that's a unique thing. I just finished a seven churches tour where I taught through the seven churches of Revelation in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, in Turkey. Uh, we won't be back there anytime soon. That was on the uh, uh, schedule, but we, we are frowning, uh, deeply frowning, and quite aggravated, irritated, and frustrated with Erdogan, right. president of Turkey, and some of the incendiary comments that he's made right. based on misguided information about Israel. He's joined the evil club of bullies mm. to the Jews around the world. And so we probably won't be going... <laughs> anytime soon yeah. back to Turkey. It may be but sometime. Those
1: are some of the trips we do. Yeah. So. so, what is the what is the biggest? Uh, I don't know how to. I guess, what is the biggest misinformation that's coming about Israel right now? I mean, we we all saw the uh, the Hamas attacks. You know, we saw that stuff on the news and uh, just. How devastating that was and still is. It's, I mean, it's still going on. It's still crazy over there. But what is the biggest, like, misinformation that that you see, um, like, maybe being put out by our media here in the States versus what's actually going on?
0: Yeah, there's several facets to that, and I'll walk you through them one by one. Hopefully your listeners will be able to take this to heart Israel's been accused of what we call, quote, disproportionate force because they have a superior military, better training, and a lot more ordinance to drop. So they hide behind this kind of fake morality that the Israelis are the aggressors, (laughs) when in fact, if you did actually look at proportion, the Israelis would go in without announcement, no leaflets to warn people. Okay, no knocks on the top of building with uh, light ordinance to warn them that they're going to utterly destroy what's going on. Now, if you wanted proportionate force, you'd go and find people on a beach in Gaza. You would brutally rape them, pull babies out of their mother's wombs, put them in ovens and cook them alive, chop off genitalia of men and leave them all over the place just as a trophy. If you wanted proportion, the Israelis would go in and do that. But since they do... Actually, I agree, they do have disproportionate force. They're much more humane than the Palestinians. They are much more organized and methodical, and they target only those people that are combatants, which, Tom, many of them are women and children. Sure. Let's not forget, this culture has raised the entire society to be combatants. So the misinformation is hiding behind a fake word called disproportionate force, And it actually is disproportionate. They're just behaving so much nicer than the Palestinians. That's number one, okay? Because if it was proportionate, they'd be savages to savages. Exactly. Okay? So that's number one. Number two, my friend, and listen to this. The people of the world have believed the lie that these people are oppressed and the Israelis want to come and occupy them. And that they are they are victims in this sick play, when the reality is, no one wants these Palestinians, these Hamas people. Egypt doesn't want them. None of the Arab countries want them because they know something true, and they've been speaking out about this even more than the Israelis. They're savages. They're demon possessed, and the whole culture has been infected by it. Yeah. Now you have in the name of wokeism, but it's anti-Semitic wokeism. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone else fits in the woke mob, except for the Jews, because they have believed the lie that they are the aggressors. And so, protests and the mainstream media refuses to really call this what it really is. <laughs> Tom, what you have is a bunch of evil, satanic, demonic influence that has literally embodied an entire people group to the point That they have done things that we have never seen yeah things that the nazis didn't even things that if the nazis did they'd want to keep it under the rug tom (laughs) exactly not not only are they doing these they are actually filming them right they're proud of them and they're on drugs when they do that Uh, and even fellow muslim countries are looking at that with disgust this is so evil that even islam (laughs) <laughs> globally is saying, Whoa, this is messed yeah, this, up.
1: This is too much. Yeah.
0: And yet, Tom, to your question, look at what the devil's been able to accomplish. He's been able to convince naive people that Israel is the aggressor. I know. And that has infected colleges, schools, institutions, businesses, Government, Tom. Government. It, it, it's
1: amazing how many people are speaking against Israel. It, it's unbelievable.
0: It's shocking. It's it shocking. Even poised with the, the facts of forensic facts, yeah, they'll still believe the lie. I know. Believing that, you know, should we be surprised? You know, that's another thing we do here <laughs> in the whole Israel is we, we talk about the prophetic events leading up to mm-hmm. the end and right. the delusion. And uh, knowing prophecy sometimes is one thing, but going through it and experiencing it and the emotion of it, it's a very different thing, Tom.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I I look at some of these protests that they have at different colleges and stuff, and it's like, what are you people thinking? I just, it, it makes no sense. It's like, if you really believe that, then why don't you go over there and be part of the Palestinian problem over there, you know? And go experience and see what it really, what really is happening over there.
0: Yeah, when when posed with this uh, evil with a lot of the young people, I'll say, so you believe in rape? You believe in taking babies out of their mother's wombs? You believe in putting babies in ovens and cooking them? Is that right? Because that's what I'm hearing. Do you believe that we should kill transsexuals just because of their their transsexualism? Right. Should we chop the heads of homosexuals off? And they'll say no to all of the above. And then I'll say, well, I'm confused. Why do you support this? <laughs> Help me to understand why you would support that. And that's when they start to say, we don't understand what you're talking about. Right. And then I'll say, that's right, you don't understand what you're talking about. I think you should go home and think through your life before you come out here and protest. For exactly. Something you have, don't have the first clue of what you're doing. But th- th- these, are, these are the useful idiots of Satan, Tom. Yeah, these kinds of people have been there from the inception of humanity all the way back to the sin of Adam. So we just know from the scriptures that this will accelerate in the end times. And And
1: to me, that's what's scarier: knowing that it's just going to get worse. You know,
0: (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but the Bible does not say it'll get better. We're not moving towards this utopia in the land of Teletubbies with a nice little baby sun where there's Uh. bliss and we all eat macaroni salad and nice meadows in Switzerland. Okay, (laughs) that's not the vision.
1: Oh, I know. I, I yeah. I just I think, man, next. Next May, I turn sixty. I just wonder how much longer am I going to be here? Because <laughs> this is getting crazy.
0: I, uh, I think it would be very convenient to be raptured right now. Exactly. Wonderful. Yes. Um, I, you know, Paul said, "For me to live is uh, is uh, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain." He's not <laughs> suicidal. He's saying, "Look, either way, I win." Exactly. Um, you know, it's a win-win <laughs> deal. But man. Um, we're human beings, Tom. Yeah. We can only tolerate so much visually, and what we see happening with evil, it just—it just would be nice, as you know. At least I think it would just be nice to be able to experience the rapture, and I believe it will happen, in, yeah. at least in my lifetime. I really do, because of the signs that Jesus mapped out in Matthew twenty-four. You know, leading up to the tribulation, to the we're starting to see an acceleration of that stuff. Well, we have seen an acceleration of that stuff in the last one hundred years, so.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I. It's amazing when I think about, like, how society was like when my grandmother and grandfather were, you know, young kids, to now my grandkids. What you know, what they're experiencing, you know, and what they're going to experience. It's just, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, you know, consider the last 100 years, we've had several world wars. Yeah. You know, Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Rumors of wars, ever since the inception of the cell phone and social media, rumors of wars is more possible now than it ever has been in human history. We don't sure. have to rely on newspapers and word of mouth. Tom, you have the power right now with that microphone on this podcast to cause a rumor of war. You could report fake news right now Yeah. as we're speaking, and people will believe you. <laughs> I know. (laughs) Do you see the the power that you have?
1: Yeah, it It, is amazing.
0: Responsibility, and not to mention earthquakes, natural disasters, pestilences in the last 100 years. Look look at the facts. Look at the facts. Look at the sheer amount of earth and seismic equations. People say there's climate change, there's climate change. Well, I call it weather, weather patterns. (laughs) There's different weather patterns that have happened. Jesus predicted all this, and yet these people want to hide behind their own intellectualism and their man-made mm-hmm. wisdom and say, hey, here's the solution. Uh, but it's, it's, it's absurd. Even yeah. if you were to get everyone in the, the world on board with so-called climate change, the Chinese would laugh at your face and just violate it. <laughs> <You know>? That's <laughs> <You know>? right. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think Putin and Russia cares about that? Yeah, Maybe.
1: I don't think you so. Know? No, so, no, you know, no.
0: we save the world from plastic straws while Russia, you know, multiplies them by five without yeah. any conscience. So it, it's a, the only solution, Tom, is Jesus. Right. And as that world uh, progresses to more evil, God will turn up the oven of tribulation, mm-hmm. lead his people of Israel back to him. It's already happening, by the way, before the tribulation. There's a lot of Jewish people coming to faith.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, same. I just I saw something yesterday. Now I can't remember. There was a large number, uh, real recently, of, of uh, Jewish people that turned their life to Christ. Um, I can't remember what it was now. It, it was within the last couple of days. I saw the some post about it, and um, but now I can't remember what it was.
0: Hmm. Well, it's it conversations are happening. People in the church, and many of them are good at this. Many of them aren't. Many of them do it all the wrong, wrong way. Like people traveled to Israel and tried to preach there, and it, it was a disaster. They didn't know what they were doing. They offended the Jews. But personal relationships of genuine love and care are happening more now than ever. Mm-hmm. Believers are sitting down their Jewish friends. They're asking them how they're doing. How do they feel? How are you processing this? Is this hard for you? And they, they share their testimony of how they found salvation, how they found relief from an addiction, how they are, are coping and they bring up Jesus. A lot of Jewish people are saying, "Wow, that's really interesting. And a lot of people don't know much. They don't know much about the Jewish faith or the Jewish roots, but all they do is just share their testimony. Right. And Jewish people are listening because I think Jewish people are saying to themselves, people hate us, not for our political views, they're hating us because of who we are. It doesn't matter if you're right wing or left wing Jew now. Right. Tom, think about that.
1: Yeah. The
0: world is actually targeting Jewish people because they're Jews. Right. Not even Israelis. It'd be one thing to target Israelis <laughs> with the misguided information that they're the aggressor. Right. But Jews. Yeah. Jews living in in Europe, in the United States. Right. Yeah. You, you don't
1: have to be just in Israel. That's for sure. Yeah. Think
0: about this. This is this is. This is this is demonic. This is anti-Semitism that we thought, we thought, was done right. after the Holocaust. Yeah, the the exactly. The tribulation predicts that, within the halfway point, the world will turn absolutely anti-Semitic, and literally the Jews will be on the run for their lives from this from the middle point of the seven-year tribulation predicted in the scriptures. And if you're seeing this now, you can definitely see <laughs> that that's possible. That's very possible.
1: It, yeah, it is. Uh, I and I guess that's what's scary when you when you look at the you know the predictions of things to come. Um, you know that Revelations talks about. It's like you start to see those things now, and you're like, man, this is this all lines up with what you know the Bible says is going to happen. And it's just scary to think about what it will be like, you know, when it's at its worst, you know, it it just, I hope I'm gone.
0: (laughs) It is, yeah. The prophetic timeline is basically the rapture for the church Mm -hmm. and the revealing of the Antichrist, which the world will embrace as a peace leader, which will make a peace deal with Israel, ironically. Right. And there will be peace for three and a half years after that. And in the middle point, he's going to betray the Jews and there will be a huge anti-Semitic wave and all the demons will be released in people's hearts, similar to what you're seeing right now, but it's more or less contained right now. Then it'll just be global. And then the last three and a half years is going to be the real wrath of God leading up to the second coming where Armageddon, where the nations gather at the Jezreel Valley, Mm -hmm. march up to Jerusalem and go against jesus himself imagine the <laughs> nations of the world waging war against jesus I it know. says in second thessalonians chapter 2 that he'll destroy them with the quote word of his mouth you want to launch a <laughs> nuclear missile at Him? they'll say no and it'll blow up in the sky right forget the Arrow system or the iron dome
1: yeah no
0: okay imagine that I, and that's what it says tom that's i know what it says and furthermore, one last point for your uh, for your toolkit here, in your mind. It says that the nations will be separated between the sheep and the goats. Those who supported Israel and looked after Israel as they were running for their lives. Okay, the sheep and then the goats, those who wanted to kill them. Mm-hmm. And it's the sheep that get awarded right. at the end when Jesus comes back. Uh, you're a sheep, I'm a sheep. We're Gentiles, that we love Jewish people, because we recognize their prophetic plan yeah. that God loves them and they are the original olive tree as it says in Romans right. that we're grafted in and we get Jesus their messiah as a global blessing. Yeah. And that is the true solution. What a gift. It, 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 the ultimate. <laughs>
1: gift. <laughs> it sure is. Oh man. Yeah, it's I just can't believe the craziness um, that's spun out of control of what's going on over there, you know? Uh, it's just, I don't know what people are thinking, what they're, how they justify their own actions of what their, their thoughts are and their, you know, what they say about uh, the Jewish people and Israel. It's just, uh, I just can't understand it.
0: I don't know. Well, that's a compliment to your moral compass though, because they are raised with a completely different rhetoric driven by right. hate and therefore demonic forces imagine their hatred exceeds their own love for <laughs> themselves and their own family
1: yeah that you know that's pretty pretty good way to think about that that their hatred exceeds the love of their own family and themselves that that's yeah that i think that probably describes it very well
0: yeah um, because they're willing to sacrifice themselves at all it, costs right. to kill jews yeah and when you deteriorate a culture that far, Satan is right outside the front door. Yeah. And I know I sound extreme, and I know some of your listeners will go, wow, that sounds extreme to say that an entire people is demonized. But it's not the first time we've seen it in history. Yeah. Think about the Canaanites. Okay? Think about some of the ancient civilizations of the Baal uh, worshipers. Right. Okay? Those that, those were not small groups of people. No. Okay? Think about even ancient Greece and Rome when they would go to these cities and they'd have a a feast to these gods and they'd have these mass orgies and worship these gods and even castrate themselves. Right. I mean, the violence of the ancient world and even the Roman methods of how they dealt with people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this is an inspiration to the Palestinian Hamas. They're like, "Wow, great idea! We should try that too." all right Where's the source of all this? Yeah. Certainly, it's not God. No,
1: yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's pretty. Hmm. Yeah, I I think the source, yeah, is definitely what Hamas is. They they've been reading some history, right?
0: Yeah, these people are. And I don't know if you've ever met these kinds of people I have, but they are visibly emanating evil. The the hate is literally bleeding through their eyes. You've been a cop. You've been in the military. You know exactly what I'm talking about when you confront a person that's literally out of their mind, and you know that whatever move you make has proportion, and you've got to be very careful to contain that evil because if you don't, That's going to spill over into innocent civilians. Right. And if you let that happen, Tom, then you are in control of the moral compass of what happens around you. Sometimes the only way and all all of the military and law enforcement people that are listening, understand this. We live in a world and there's a lot of evil in it. There's no Teletubbies world with a little baby son. Sometimes some of us have to go underneath the ground to the potholes where it stinks, take care of business, root out evil. Because it's more evil to let an evil man inflict harm upon others than to just take him out.
1: Yeah, you know it was funny. Um, like when so I was deployed for the first Gulf War. We uh, I went to uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, was where I I first went, and they you know they talked about us you know when we get there and everything. They're like, do not engage uh, in a conversation about your faith in God. Um, with the Muslim um, community or the, the Muslim soldiers, you know, just they said, it's just stay away because you're, you know, we don't want conflict to occur, you know. And so most of us did that fine. N- no big deal. And there was one night um, we ran to, uh, we we're going through a checkpoint and there was some Saudi guards there. And one of them asked me, if I, he didn't speak a lot of English, but he spoke some. He asked me if I believed in God, and I said, I do. And he shook his head. He reached in his uh, pocket. He pulled out like a Bic lighter and flashed it on uh, and then pointed at the lighter and then pointed to me and said, you, here. And, you know, he's telling me that I'm going to go to hell. And I was just like, I so wanted to engage. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, it's not worth it that engagement right now, you know, I, I need to do what the military told me to do and and step away, you know, but I, I just, you know, if he could, he could have spoke better English or I could have spoke Arabic, you know, I, I would have loved to have had a conversation with him, you know, but it was just, you know, the, just that mindset just was, you know, unbelievable to me. But then, you know, and I think about some of the people that are, uh, like the Israelis over there and just the hate the pure hate that comes out of them just because that person that other person is Jewish it it makes no sense to me you
0: know yeah you said it yourself it doesn't make sense in a humanist in a human right reasoning yeah so you have to go to a more reasonable source of you know explanation or yeah. a more reasonable explanation and if you look throughout human history, anti-Semitism has always been there and it's always uh, coming from a- 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 evil sources mm-hmm. and this is where I believe people fail because they're scared to just call it as it is. It's a demonic influence that infects the mind with misguided information to false conclusions right And it can cause an entire nation in case in point, the Holocaust right Hitler to want to eradicate the Jews. And here on a localized level, Hamas is just, they're a bunch of useful idiots. Israel will do this and take care of it. Mm-hmm. But what a, pe- a lot of people fail to see is this is Iran. This is Iran as the ultimate engineer. Right. They're the head of the snake. They have well-trained operatives. They call them Hezbollah, which means party of God. And they also use them as useful idiots, but they've been trained almost to the level of the American soldier. Hmm. Think about that. Right. Sometimes even exceeding the capacities of an average American soldier. So these are true war experienced operatives that will give their life at all costs to to kill Jews. And what we're dealing with here is an access of evil that goes back to Iran, who looks at this whole situation as a religious mission. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's a
0: religious mission you know and what are you capable of doing when you're that misguided where is that spiritual force originating from you know mm. what, what kind of rhetoric was Hitler into when he had this vision
1: right oh
0: you know? did you realize that it, there's in one of the churches in in Revelation it's called Pergamum and it's an actual city in the ancient world And they had an altar to Zeus there that a German archaeologist actually transported to Berlin. Hitler, in some of his speeches, wanted to have a Zeus-like altar environment Mm -hmm. because he liked it so much. (laughs) Check it out. Have your listeners check it out. I'm not pulling this out of the air, folks.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh... This this world is getting out of control. It's and, and like you said, it's only going to get worse. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I I just think about you know what's foretold to come, and yeah, it's it's a it's going to be a scary place, you know.
0: Yeah, um, I do have some words of encouragement. Last week, I was with Amir in Washington D.C.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I wanted to ask you about that.
0: He met. We met, but he presented to a series of congressmen and senators. These are our allies, Tom. Right. These are men and women that understand what the Israelis are trying to do. Many of them are believers. They were all Republicans, but there may be Democrats, too. We just don't know who they are. Right. Okay. And they were glued to Amir's presentations. And he had nothing to prove. He just went there into different contexts, spoke freely, spoke as, as he, as he would to anyone freely, as, as he is. Right. And you should have seen how, what he was saying matched their Intel briefs. Hmm. And he'd say things like, I'm so glad to be with like-minded people. I want to encourage you. You're doing the right stuff. You have the right Intel continue to pressure the administration to let us the israelis finish the job so that we can all be a safer world right don't slow us down don't block us don't ask us for ceasefires let us finish the job take the moral high ground and don't hide behind misinformation Mm -hmm. and emotional arguments that there are so-called innocent people here this is a complete people group that has been infected by evil and if there is anybody to blame it's the Hamas leadership. If anybody is innocent and wants to get out of, of Gaza, it's Hamas that's stopping them: Sure is okay? yeah. and they know it yeah they know it the Intel all the Intel says the, the same thing, but the administration itself is reluctant because they have this misguided pressure that they should they should perform some moral equivalency <laughs> and there is no moral equivalency here. No, there's there no isn't. Two, there's no two-state solution. No. Nope. Because if, if you do a two-state solution, one will want to kill the other. So. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, if it's if <laughs> if you know, Israel's proposal, <laughs> if Israel's forced to stop now, uh, all it's going to do is put a pause of things, and then the same stuff's going to happen all over again.
0: They'll put a pause of things, then the the uh, the, uh, the, the enemy can rearm. Exactly. Regroup, yeah. Reorganize. Yeah. And then you prolong the squashing of evil. So you're actually funding evil.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I. Yeah, this administration needs to back Israel and stay committed to Israel's cause and what they need to do. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: The funny thing is, um, the words come out. The pressure on Israel comes out. Exercise restraint. Care for the innocent. Allow, uh, you know, allow some time. Ceasefires. But at the same time. Our boys are, you know, airlifting all kinds of cool equipment over there. (laughs) So, you know, on the one hand it reeks, on the other hand, it's nice. You know, it's kind (laughs) of look, we in the Air Force know. I mean, we got we're airlifting tons of stuff there, some really cool stuff that we haven't even had a chance to exercise in combat. Exactly. Cool to see the Israelis use this stuff. Right. Look, no one rejoices in the death of a soul. Yeah. Rejoice in the death of evil. Okay moral compass Yep. Okay. take the evil out and, that, uh, and and we live in the real world sometimes that's people tom
1: right they, know, they may not look like a traditional soldier but just like we learned in iraq and afghanistan the traditional warrior isn't always look doesn't always look like a soldier
0: that's right they don't care about geneva Conventions. right they don't care about honorable nope. warfare no they care about dirty tactics
1: Anything we- to benefit their cause.
0: Yep, because yeah. their hatred exceeds the love they have for their own people. That's why they're going to hide in schools, yeah. hospitals, in yeah. academic institutions, and hide behind human targets because then they have a propaganda game that they can play. Sure. But I think the world is getting smart, and the institutions of the world and academic institutions, they need to wake up and pull their head out of the sand. Right. And That's the plea I have. Yeah. For anyone listening, make sure people understand the truth. Subscribe to our Telegram channel. Don't get the wrong facts because they are not facts at all.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that's another thing. Uh, like I said before, Behold Israel puts a lot of great information out. And the nice is it's factual. It's coming straight from the source. You know, it's not being muddied down anywhere along the, the communication line. You know, it's.
0: Nope. And we don't make any money on our Telegram channel. Yeah. All free. We don't make a dime. Tom. Hmm. The only thing we've done is raise money for our studio in Israel, which has completely different, has a multifaceted purpose. That studio is going to be used for teachings, hosting tour groups, hosting Israelis, doing podcasts, doing multiple broadcasts and reporting news. But what we do right now on Telegram, we don't get it done. Hmm. We do it because we want people to know the truth. Right. That's it. Well,
1: yeah, that's... That's what we all need. Is we need the truth. I I just I wish that maybe we could get some truthful reporting in our media here in the states. You know, because there's
0: there's a few there's a few times certain places get it right.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. Wow. So um, how how can we help behold Israel?
0: Go to the website beholdisrael.org have fun if you want to subscribe to our news there's a way to do that you can download the telegram app or just read it on the website itself if you're scared of apps and you don't want to get involved (laughs) in the app conspiracy theories okay and I respect that but all of the news is on our website um if you want to ask any question if you want to book a speaking event not necessarily for the next year because Amir's on speaking sabbatical but we do have some other uh, people on our staff that are willing to go and do some presentations. And also that goes for Canada, Canada as well, Tom, if you have any Canadian listeners. Okay. So beholdisrael.org. Beholdisrael.org is a great one stop shop place for your resources.
1: Yeah, and we follow Amir on Facebook too. We see him on a bunch of different social media platforms. So it, it's yeah, it's there. If you want the truth about what's going on, um, th- this is the place where you're gonna get it. Don't rely on your new- your local news channel because they're probably not your best source, that's for sure.
0: And I challenge your audience. Download the Telegram app. Just give it Give it just a few days of news and watch this. When we report the news, mainstream media will report the same thing, not as accurately, 24 hours later. <laughs> and they will get money, whereas we do not. Right, do
1: yeah. Yeah, but you're putting the truth out in there. They may not, not so much 100% of the truth.
0: Yep, and if there's graphic footage, we use the snow, snowed out feature. You have yeah. to choose to view it. We do not hold back the truth because... As brutal as it is, it's your choice to open that video. If you have a kid next to you and it's snowed out, that's your call. But we are not going to hold back the truth yeah. of what brutality is happening over there.
1: Well, people need because, to see it to believe it, you know.
0: They need to see it. They need to be uh, b- b- uh, mildly traumatized by it. Right. So it produces action. Yeah, And it activates their moral compass. Okay. This isn't a time to sit back and say, "Oh, I don't really want that inappropriate material as you sit around a <laughs> campfire and enjoy the freedoms that were given to you by blood.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. Let's not forget everything we do. Thank you for your service. Everything that we do right now on the freedom of this podcast, sitting in our offices without the worry of evil mm-hmm. is because our brothers and sisters have spilled blood.
1: Right. And given their own lives. Yeah. it's uh, Too many Americans, you know, they they want everything handed to them and they don't look at what it took to get where we are today. Um, The sacrifices that are being made still every day by our military, um, our police officers, our sheriff deputies, um, our highway patrolmen, all those people, they make a daily sacrifice and, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. They they don't realize what a great sacrifice that is. And then not only those people that are making that sacrifice, but their families that – the sacrifice that they are making by letting their loved ones go out and do those jobs. You know, it's uh, – um, yeah, here in America we got some – our, our – we got some backwards thinking going on, you know. We need, to, we need to realign our way of thinking, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, even social media is starting to see the advantage or the benefit of showing what police officers go through and not hold back right. and edit the content so that the viewer can truly appreciate the level of evil that these officers have to suppress. Right. And it adds a context that's very healthy, and provides a moral compass that points to true north in a much more firm manner. And we get to choose as parents of what we want our kids to see. But we as parents, if we ever get used to a fake world <laughs> and despise freedom and don't understand the sacrifice of blood in fighting against evil that is bloody, right, very real, then we will not appreciate what we truly have as freedom
1: right yeah the uh you know the a lot of these a lot of a lot of american uh, people they don't they do not understand um the impact of what first responders see on a daily basis you know you know i read a study that uh it said like the average american citizen In their lifetime, will see one and a half to two traumatic events. A police officer in a twenty-year career will will on average see eight hundred or more critical incident type things. Wow,
0: I did not know those figures.
1: Yeah, and you think how does that affect these these officers? You know, you know the 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 American citizen that you know has a death in the family, and and those are traumatic. But then you you see maybe two of those in your lifetime, you know. I granted there's others that have, you know, got a lot a lot more trauma in their lives, but the average, you know, citizen. And then you think, compare yourself to now multiply that so you get to see eight hundred in your in a twenty year career.
0: It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's overwhelming.
1: It, right. But you know, nobody tells those officers. They tell you this is what you're going to experience, you know, what you're going to see, but they never tell you how to deal with it after you've seen those things and what to do to make yourself mentally better again. And that's what we try to do here at Under the Shield.
0: It's a beautiful thing that you're doing here. Yeah. For every listener, stay in touch with, the, with these people because uh, stay in touch with Tom. Stay in touch with this, with this organization and healthy sources of healing. Yep. Matter. Do not isolate. Do not give in to depression or yeah. anxiety. Yep. Reach out. That's reach out.
1: that's the biggest hurdle right there is getting someone to reach out. It's a hard step to do. Granted, I I understand that, but once once they can actually say I'm broken and I need help and they make that phone call, man, the the healing that can be done is Is like a miracle, you know. There's you don't have to live in those dark times by yourself.
0: I think that could be one of the most courageous steps of a warrior spirit is to reach out. Right. To to humble oneself to the point where they say, I need help. And they we call this resiliency.
1: Yeah. That's the true that's true strength right there.
0: That is true strength.
1: Yep. Sure is. Well, Pastor Mike, I really appreciate you coming on today uh, and sharing with us about Behold Israel and what's going on um, over there, the truthful stuff that's going on over there. Um, Again, BeholdIsrael.org is the best way to get a hold of you or uh, get information about what's going on over in Israel. What is the name of that app, again, that you guys also have, too?
0: You just download Telegram, you go to our website, click on our news, and there's a QR code. Boom, it'll take you right to the channel. Easy, schmeezy lemon, cheesy. <laughs> All
1: right, so if any of our listeners want to get uh, good information about what's happening, you have that now. You have a way to do that. Um, So I want to just take a quick moment to um, thank our listeners for coming back today. We we are here for you 24-7. Please do not hesitate to reach out to us if you are struggling or a family member of yours is struggling or a friend of yours is struggling, whatever the case may be, we are here for you. You can reach us 24-7 at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension one, let it ring. It's going to ring to the first available stress coach. Uh, so it may take a minute or two before you actually get somebody, but you will get somebody. If you want to reach Susan, if you hit extension 2, that will take you to her voicemail. Uh, it, most likely you'll get voicemail because she's pretty busy. Uh, the other way that you can reach Susan is uh, by her cell phone, and that is 334-324-3570. And if you um, – Susan says if the sun is up up, text her. If the sun is down, call her. Uh, Even if she's teaching, she can read text messages and know what she has to respond to. Um, But answering a call is pretty tough to do for her. Uh, If you want to reach me directly, you can contact me on my cell phone at 480-861-6574. Again, thank you uh, for all that you are doing uh, for our community and this nation, um, go home and thank your families for allowing you to do this and putting up with you while you do this uh, crazy job as a first responder. Um, but families, we're here for you too. You're you can call us anytime. We have you know you can talk to a spouse. You can talk to you name it. Um, We we have stress coaches that are in all facets of this lifestyle that we lived. Um, So please reach out to us. God bless you. God bless this country and have a great day.